0: Alrighty guys, let's get, this is the NFL Week 2 recap. My name is Garrett and this is All Things Football. Perfect, okay, so this was actually a very exciting week of football. There were a ton of very great games, a lot of them coming down to the wire. Some in overtime, very exciting weekend for football fans. So let's go ahead and... Kick things off with that Thursday night battle against the Browns and the Bengals. Which I thought was honestly one of the best games of the week. Just because we saw Joe Burrows really, really outperform Baker Mayfield. Honestly, is what I thought. So, Baker Mayfield, I mean, we'll talk about the Browns first. So, the Browns I thought did exceptionally well. They got back to... The play the style of play calling that really works well for them, and that's leading on the rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and then asking Baker um to make those throws, a play action, running outside of the pocket. And to give Baker credit, he played a very fantastic game. Minus that one interception that he threw. I mean he was he was really he played really, really well. I mean he was very accurate. He was putting zip on the ball, throwing very powerfully, and he played a great game. But Honestly, the majority of that game was through their rushing attack. I mean, Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 124 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had another rushing touchdown on the day. So Baker Mayfield, I mean, he did throw two touchdown passing. But other than that, it was really the rushing attack, which is honestly what they need to do. They have the best tandem of running backs in the NFL. Um, pretty much two starters, two um, running backs. Uh, that can dominate, and they show that against the Bengals, and they can do that against any team. It wasn't just because the Bengals are bad on defense; they're able to they they can do that against any team. So that's what they need to do. Instead of just having Baker Mayfield throw the ball all the time, trying to force feed OBJ and stuff, stick to the run game that will open up the passing game, allow Baker Mayfield to be a little more flexible. And whenever he's on his game, he is on his game. That's something that I've always said about Baker Mayfield. I am I will defend him for as long as I can. And when he's on his game, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he can definitely be this franchise quarterback for years to come. They just got to call the right game. But, man, Joe Burrows is the future of the Bengals and a future face of the NFL. I mean, let's be honest. So, 300, 316 yards passing, three touchdowns, and he threw 61 times. So, that just shows you the confidence that the Bengals have in him to throw the ball. If it wasn't for that very, very costly... um Sack fumble that he had on their like one yard line or whatever. The Bengals may have won that game because if you remember, the the Bengals defense had just got a goal line stand against the the Browns. They made him turn the ball over, they could not get in, and then Joe Burrows ends up turning it back over to him. They punch it in for another uh, Chubb touchdown, and that kind of took the game away, but still, it was down to the very end that um, the Bengals were in this game, and so that gets me very, very excited. I'm um, not just about the Bengals, but about Joe Burrow, and that he really seems to be the guy who deserves that number one draft pick and can be that Bengals franchise quarterback. So I'm very, very excited to watch what Burrow does the rest of the season because honestly, they've been in two close games. Like they've been like within one score. All their losses, both their losses have been one score. And honestly, if you think about it, that's impressive because the Bengals were the worst team in the league last year, and over with the rookie quarterback, they didn't have any offseason really practices, OTAs, none of that. And they're able to perform this well. It says a lot about who Bros is as a player and as an athlete. So I'm very, very excited for him and excited for the Bengals to see how they can continue to bre- progress um, throughout this season. Uh, so the Bengals are sticking with a bro in his arm. I don't know how many th- games he's going to be able to throw 61 times. That's ridiculous, but um, he'll get better. And the Browns just need to stick with that play calling they did, running the ball, play action, roll Baker Mayfield out. That's how they're going to be able to win. I saw something um, today that after the first two weeks, um, they have the easiest remaining strength of schedule. I don't know how true that is, but if it is, then the Browns should um, be able to make a playoff run here. But they're in a very tough division. Steelers and Ravens are both undefeated and looking very, very good. So the Browns are going to have to um, keep it up and play a little bit better as we go on. Moving on to the Giants and the Bears. Uh, honestly, very, very disappointing game, unfortunately, because Saquon Barkley did get injured and he is out for the season with the ACL injury, just like pretty much half of the league. I mean, I said at the beginning this was a very exciting. There was awesome games, but also very sad um, because so many star players have been injured and are out for the season. And so that is very unfortunate. You don't want an injury to happen to anybody uh, because injuries just suck. And also, it takes away from the fun of the game. When you don't have your best players out there, um, you know, they're not competing as well, and it takes away from the fun of, of as a fan and watching it. So, you know, that, it sucks, right? Uh, Giants lose Saquon Barkley. They are signing Devontae Freeman, though, moving forward. Um, but the Giants' play is just subpar, as well as the Bears was subpar. I mean, the Bears weren't able to do anything in the second half when the Giants were kind of creeping up, but... Just um a very this wasn't one of those very good games. It's a very subpar game. The Bears are kind of squeaking by. They they haven't played a single team with a winning record yet. So we'll see how the Bears will fare once they play against a more competitive team. Um the Giants, I I mean, after losing Barkley, I don't really see how they save this season unless Devontae Freeman just comes out and just they might just go on a crazy, you know, six, eight game run and win a couple of those games, but it's just hard for me to see what kind of games the Giants can play with, can can win with all those injuries. And so, my takeaway from this game is that two very subpar teams played very subpar against each other. Um, it doesn't give me confidence in any of these teams going forward. Um, maybe one of the biggest games or the craziest games was the Falcons and the Cowboys games. The the Falcons were just destroying the Cowboys, and I thought, man. The Cowboys are going to go 0-2. The Eagles will be 0-2. And that's something I did not predict happening at the beginning of the season. But Cowboys somehow miraculously were able to come back and win. Um, Starting with the Falcons, I mean, Matt Ryan was playing a heck of a game. Calvin Ridley has been outstanding for the past two weeks. I mean, Calvin Ridley had seven catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. And Julio Jones only had like two catches for like 20-some yards. So Calvin Ridley is stepping up. Uh, whenever Julio Jones is being shadowed and covered, Calvin Ridley is stepping up and being that guy. So if you have him on your fantasy team, you are doing very, very well so far. Uh, Dak Prescott um, and Ezekiel they struggled at the very beginning. A lot of turnovers, um, but they were able to overcome that, and that's because the Falcons don't understand what an onside kick is. I mean, the the ball's right there, and the Falcons have a chance to grab it and to seal the win, and they just kind of look for it and wait for it until it gets 10 yards, and then the Cowboys players are like, well, you didn't touch it, so I'm going to touch it. So uh, very stupid on them. The Cowboys were able to to get that um, 46-yard field goal for the win off of Greg line on a historic comeback. Uh, I do think the, the, the Super Bowl uh, that the Falcons gave up was a little bit worse than this just because the stakes were higher. It was the Super Bowl, obviously. This is just a week two game, so they can still come back from it. Because the Falcons honestly are playing well. They're putting up a lot of points. They just really can't finish. Um, So they need to get all on the same page and kind of figure out what they're doing. Because um, they're just giving games away. And that's not going to work. Exposure within their division. Um, They could be easily tied for first place right now in that division. But instead they're tied for last place. And so it's still early. But they're going to have some work to do to kind of get on the same page and make sure that they're... um, that they're playing well and not giving up these leads, because Matt Ryan had a heck of a game, Calvin Ridley had a heck of a game, the whole Falcons were having a heck of a game, and they just fell apart. Um, The Cowboys, to their credit, were able to come back, I think they were down like 20 points at one time, and this miraculous comeback, so kudos for them, that Prescott really put on the show with, uh, I think he had like three rushing touchdowns, something like that, Um, one passing touchdown, Ezekiel Elliott finally kind of got going, but um, they they faced adversity very very well and that is something I am impressed about. Once you're down that early, you're you're making these mistakes, you're fumbling the ball, turning the ball over. It is very hard to overcome that when you're essentially beating yourself, right? With all those turnovers, you're basically beating yourselves, and so that's just hard to come back from. But the Cowboys were able to do it. Mike McCarthy was able to get his first win in Dallas, and so um, kudos to them. So we'll see if they're able to carry that momentum forward because. Um, it looks like the Eagles are regressing heavily. I'm very concerned about them, which I'll discuss later on. But the Cowboys um, were able to pull out a win here that they that they much needed. Uh, moving on to the Lions and the Packers. Um, the Lions keep on getting these hot starts and then just fizzling out. And then the Packers are just, this is the second game in a row they put up 40 plus points. So the Packers are rolling, Aaron Rodgers is rolling, but more importantly, Aaron Jones is rolling. Aaron Jones had three touchdowns that game. Two on the ground, one through the air, and was just on fire. And the Packers basically did whatever they wanted to, um, honestly, throughout that game. Uh, Aaron Jones just had a feast. He just did whatever he wanted to, and the Lions had no answer for him. And honestly, with the Lions, they're just... It's hard for me to see how they're going to be good this season because they keep getting hot early. And then they just fizzle out. That happened last week in their opener against the Bears. And then it happened against the Packers. And what's worse is that's two divisional opponents that you lose back-to-back. And so those are hard to come over, to overcome. Um, The Packers, I mean, look fantastic. Now, granted, um, the two teams they beat, they were division rivals as well, the Vikings and the Lions, but neither of them have won a game yet. So they are both 0-2. But the Packers really have been dominating. I just want to see them... um, play a good team to see kind of where they stand against actual competition because, the, you know, as of right now, the Lions and Vikings are not going to be competition. And so I'm excited for the Packers Saints game to see how they fare against a more competitive team and see what they look like throughout the season. But um, for this standpoint, with all the injuries to the and ers it's honestly looking like a Packers uh, might be able to get back to NFC Championship. There are some other NFC West teams that are doing really well, um, but the Packers beat the Seahawks last year. Uh, so they might be able to beat them again. There's just a lot of things going on with all these injuries, but the Packers look very, very hot, and the Lions do not. So the Lions are going to be able need to find a way to, to not only start hot, but to stay hot throughout the entire four quarters because that one-quarter stuff is just not going to cut it. Uh, the Jaguars and Titans game, man, now this was another one of those fun games where Gardner Minshew, man, woo, I am all in on Minshew mania, like literally all, and I think the Jaguars are too. I mean, if there weren't just a couple mistakes by Minshew in this game. They might win, and they might be the ones that are two and zero instead of the Titans. Because although Ryan Tannehill um, had like four touchdowns and played really, really well, the Titans' defense isn't looking so hot, and they let Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars put up thirty points. And so the Jaguars are Jaguars are on fire, and they're not going down easily at all. And so I'm honestly I'm very, very excited to watch the Jaguars play this Thursday night. I'm excited to watch them play all season because I don't think they're gonna be an easy out for most teams. Um it looks like they're playing super competitively. Their defense is is alright. Uh their offense though is playing very, very well. Gardner Minshew is throwing very, very well. It's very impressive. Um James Robinson is putting on a show as well. I think we'll have a big night tonight against the the Dolphins and I think that all in all the Jaguars may not end up with the number one overall pick as so many thought that they were tanking I think they're going to be able to squeeze out probably at this rate obviously I can't say maybe five or six wins I wouldn't be surprised if maybe more just because uh, I mean they're taking the league by storm right now they're I mean they're the Jaguars they're not really like one of those teams we're expecting much from so I think they're flying under the radar but I don't know how much longer they'll be able to do that because if they come out on top if they're leading the division um eventually, maybe they're going to be talked about a lot and they're going to deserve all their credit so i'm I'm all in on Minshew Mania. the Titans squeeze one out with a with the game winning field goal by Goskowski, who had a horrible week one um but you know they're able to squeeze it out and move to two and zero. and the Jaguars are uh sitting at one and one still um the Vikings and the colts i don't necessarily look at this as the Colts played very well. I think this is the Vikings played absolutely horrible i mean. Really pedestrian, you know, Phillip Rivers is 214 yards, one touchdown. They really ran the ball very well. Jonathan Taylor in his first debut as the clear-cut number one starter running back played very well. Um, But the Vikings' defense was just horrid. And Kirk Cousins turned the ball over three times and basically just gave them uh, all those (laughs) off the turnovers, gave them basically 21 points. And so the Vikings, I don't know how I feel about the Colts yet because the Vikings have played like trash for two games straight. And the Colts did lose to the Jags, and we'll kind of see where they go. But uh, the Colts, um, you know, they are able to win, right? Um, that's what good teams do, no matter what the circumstances. So we'll see what happens whenever they play more competitive teams because they just have played the Jags and the Vikings. So we'll see what happens. I'm still not big on the Colts. And I don't think that they've really shown me um, much yet. The Bills and the Dolphins was another fantastic game. I thought Josh Allen played a hell of a game. 415 yards passing, four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs caught eight eight balls for 153 yards, one touchdown. I mean, they just dominated that game. But if you look at it, they only won by a field goal. So this is what this is what concerns me. Um, Yes, um, Josh Allen has been dominating, but he has played the 0-2 Jets and the 0-2 Dolphins. So he's not gone up against A single bit of competition yeah and they were able to squeak it out with just three points now I expected the Bills defense to be top five this year and letting the Dolphins score 28 points that concerns me now I do think the Dolphins aren't as underrated I think they are underrated I think they'll be able to to surprise some teams because they are competitive and fits magic with him he can just turn it on and play really really well and when he's on he's on you know Um, but the Bills will have their first test against the Rams upcoming so i'm i'm curious and i'm excited to see uh what the bills can do against true competition it, are they a true contender because if they're able to beat the rams i'll i'll buy in and think they are true contenders but if they lose to the rams then that will i will leave me hesitant still the dolphins i mean honestly no one expects them to to win that many games um so i mean i surprised you lost i am surprised that they put up 21 points on the bills defense though Uh, They played really well, but not good enough, obviously. But they will be able to uh, maybe squeak out some games this year. I'm excited to see when Tua comes in. I personally don't think they should play Tua at all this year. Uh, I don't think that it'll really do them good. It'll mostly just be exciting for the fans, honestly. So as a fan, I'm excited for it. Um, But we'll see what happens. Maybe he makes his debut on Thursday Night Football tonight. We'll see. Uh, So the Bills are looking really, really good to be a true competitor for that division. They have C-East and the AFC Conference, but we'll see what happens when they play um, some tougher teams coming up on their schedule. Uh, the 49 ers and Jets, I mean, this was just a very bad day for the 49ers after putting even putting a whopping on the on the Jets. They were lost, I'm pretty sure, every single one on their team. I mean, honestly, I mean, that day they lost Bosa and Solomon Thomas to 20 ACLs, they are done for the season. Raheem Mostar, their running back, um, has like an ankle sprain or something, so he might be out for a couple games. Jimmy G has a high ankle sprain. He might be out for a couple of games. Um, and so that's going to be a problem, not against teams like the Jets, but problems within their own division and other competitive competitive teams as well because their defense was the reason that carried them to the Super Bowl last year. And if they don't have some of those key pieces, especially after losing DeForest Buckner, um, their rookies are going to have to step up and other people are going to have to step up. But I do trust Kyle Shanahan. Um to, once they get some of the offensive pieces back, because the offense is, should be fine. They're not done for the year. Um, they do have some easier contests in this early schedule, so I think that they'll be able to come out on top and still push their way through and hopefully get some of their offensive guys back when they need to make a run for, uh, against the more competitive teams in the division and in the conference. Um, the Jets are just hopeless. I mean, Sam Darnold had that one really, really, really fantastic throw, and that's one thing that I kind of hate about actual like sports and news media is if you're not one of the top guys like Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, or Patrick Moore Holmes you never really see what these other quarterbacks do. I mean if if either one of those quarterbacks made the throw um, that um, Sam Darnold made it'd be on ESPN top 10 every single night all this week and no one would stop shutting up about it. And so I got to give a shout out to to Jets uh, quarterback Sam Darnold who I'm not a really big fan of but he made a heck of a throw. I mean he's avoids the sack, runs out of the pocket, and throws just a laser dart kind of sidearm. It was really kind of like a Patrick Mahomes-esque throw, just a dart for a touchdown. Um, So if you haven't seen it, look it up. Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football did the shout-out first and gave him some airtime, so you can look that clip up as well. Um, But definitely give Sam Darnold love because that was a fantastic play by him, and he deserves the credit for it. But other than that, I don't see the Jets. The Jets may not win a game at all this season because the Dolphins are playing a lot better than the Jets are. So we'll see what happens, but the Jets have their work cut out for them, that's for sure. The other Rams and the Eagles, this was my lock pick um, last week, so the Rams took care of business. Um, the story of this to me is actually just Carson Wentz is just playing like crap. Um, through costly turnovers again... Uh, and just he's not playing well at all. And I already hear people calling for Jalen Hurts to come out. That if he goes 0-3, that Jalen Hurts is going to come in and be the quarterback. Uh, I don't really know about that. But uh, the Eagles, just, they're not playing well. And uh, this falls on Carson Wentz. Like, I'm going to be honest. Normally, I, I, I don't say that because I think Carson Wentz plays very well. And he's able to make do with whoever he's got. But he's just not been playing well. And there's really no excuses for them to be 0-2. Honestly, the Rams, though. The Rams are playing fantastic. Jared Goff looks really great. Honestly, this team looks like um, the Super Bowl team from two years ago. If I'm being honest, I didn't think that they were going to be that good this year because I thought you know they lost Todd Gurley and there was going to be some pieces that weren't all there together. But so far, um, they're proving me wrong, and they are they're on fire. And so I think the Rams are are I think they should be favorites um, for that division um, because the Forty Nine ers are hurt, and we'll see how well they play against the Seahawks. But um, the Rams came out and dealt business three touchdowns to Tyler Higby. Um, They looked fantastic. They didn't miss a beat at all. And so they just kind of walked all over the Eagles. And um, they're playing very, very well. Very well. And so I'm not betting against the Rams right now. I think that they're going to have a win streak that that goes for a while until they play one more competitive team. And once they play a more competitive team, uh, I think they're up against the Bills next week. It'll be exciting to see how they're able to perform against a more competitive team other than the Cowboys and the Eagles so far. But... Uh, they're winning their games, and they're doing it convincingly. So, good on the Rams. Uh, the Steelers and the Broncos. Uh, Broncos are another team dealing with injuries. Drew Locke went down. He's out two to five weeks with a, like a shoulder tear or something like that. So, they had their backup quarterback game. Um, Cortland Sutton, their wide receiver number one, is out with the ACL tear. Uh, so, they're dealing with some injuries as well. Um, but Driscoll is able to come in and play really well. And honestly, I mean, the Steelers' defense, I don't know what happened, but they just kind of they just kind of stuttered and, and let um let the Broncos sneak back in with the backup quarterback. So the Broncos are signing Blake Bortles. I'm not really sure how much that helps them uh, in the meantime until Drew Locke come back on. But uh, I thought the Broncos, considering all circumstances, played the Steelers very well. But at the end of the day, the Steelers' offense was just too much for the Broncos. So um, it concerned me that the Steelers, I mean, let the Broncos stay in the game um, that long and it was only a one-score game, but... Uh, the Steelers' defense still looks good. Uh, the Steelers' offense looks good. Big Ben threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He looks good. He's slinging the ball. And there seems to not be anything wrong with his arm because they let him throw 41 times. And so, I mean, to me, if his arm was hurting him or wasn't that strong anymore, he'd probably be averaging like 20-something throws a game. But um, they have full confidence in him. And it looks like he's fine. So he's thrown 40-plus times a game. Um, James Conner had a, had a good game. Rushing attack. Dante Johnson had a good game. Um, mean that wide receiver number two. And so um, the Steelers coming on top, and the Broncos falling short. And I think the Broncos are in for a rude awakening, honestly, with these injuries. I'm not really for sure how well they're going to be able to overcome them. And so it'll be interesting to see where they're at um, record-wise once Drew Locke gets back to help lead this offense. Because I was very high on the Broncos this year, and I thought they were going to be very well and competitive. But you can't any win with these injuries, and I understand that. So it sucks, but Jerry Judy's going to have to step up. Um he had some big drops in that white, uh week one loss to the Titans, so hopefully he'll be able to get the rookie jitters out and step up to be the wide receiver one because the Broncos need him uh the panthers and buccaneers this was my upset pick, so I'm not surprised the panthers lost um the buccaneers um I mean the buccaneers looked good i mean it wasn't really anything crazy I mean is the panthers um so I mean Leonard Furnett had a hundred yard game two touchdowns. Um, But Teddy Bridgewater, honestly, I mean, some costly turnovers really affected them, but he played really well, and the Panthers played really well. If it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey kind of being hurt, and unfortunately he's on injured reserve, so he's out for at least three weeks. Um, Just their defense is really not good. Um, The Panthers' defense is their Achilles' heel. Um, Because Teddy Bridgewater threw for 367 yards, had a 120-yard receiving receiver in DJ Moore. Um, Robert Anderson had a big game as well. Um, but their defense is just, I mean, it's full of rookies, young players, and so I understand that, but it's going to be hard for them to win a game if their defense can't um, stop the opposing team, and Teddy Bridgewater needs to work on those turnovers, which which he will. I think that'll get better as he gets more experience with the team. Um, the Buccaneers, though, Tom Brady got his first win as a buck. Uh Good for him. Um, he looked all right. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy, just barely 200 yards. Um hooked up with Mike Evans for a score and so they got a nice rapport going so that good for them uh it'll be interesting to see what what happens whenever they play another good team I mean that's that's the problem with week with rolling week two is not a lot of teams have faced truly competitive teams yet so we don't really know what we're seeing and so that's why I'm still kind of in reserve about the Buccaneers because I still think that they're gonna have to be better I don't think their offense is totally there totally there yet against a good defense and their defense is totally there with the good offense but uh they won this one convincingly. Um Leonard Fournette was able to put it away. And so on to the next week though. But I think the overall I mean the Buccaneers were able, were supposed to win this game and they did, so that's really all I can say, you know. Uh with Washington and the Cardinals. Um the Cardinals Kyle Murray maybe ooh, Kyler Murray is on fire. Uh, I thought he was going to be a dark horse MVP candidate this season, but I don't even think it's dark horse. I think you can call him an actual MVP candidate. I know it's only week two, so I'm not trying to do these huge overreactions that a lot of people do. I don't really like doing those, I think it was, that's stupid. Um, but he's playing fantastic, and uh, I mean, you cannot deny that. So uh, Kyler Murray is on fire. I'm enjoying watching him, enjoying him and DeAndre Hopkins play. And the Cardinals are just are looking very good. I didn't think they were going to come out looking this hot at the very beginning of the season, but they are. And Carla Murray is up there as one of my MVP candidates so far. Washington, I mean, of course, I think they got away with one against the Eagles because Carson Wentz is completely shut down. So I don't think Washington is going to be able to win that, that many games just because their offense, I don't think they have any... Uh, really elite players on their offense. Um, Their defense is, if they do win games, it will be because of their defense. And so moving forward, I think that they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do on their offense because they don't really have any, you know, in running back, they don't really have anybody. Wide receiver, they have Terry McLaurin, who's good, but he's not like overly fantastic. So um, they're going to have to work with what they have. And if they're able to squeeze out a couple more wins, I'll I'll be surprised. Honestly, I don't see them winning that many, more than four games this season, I, I don't. Um, but the Cardinals and Kyler Murray look good. They are cooking. Um, and so we'll see how far that they'll be able to make it this season because the NFC West, they may, with the how the playoffs work now, they may all be able to get in, or at least three teams. Three teams would have got in last year under the new rules, So three teams may make it this year, the way the Cardinals, uh, Seahawks, and Rams are both playing. I know it's week two, but I don't think that's too much of an overreaction because um, they're all looking very fantastic. Uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers were a, th- was a thriller. Came down to overtime when Harrison Butker had to make 50-plus yard field goals three times in a row for the win in overtime. That was amazing. Um, But the story of this game, honestly, is uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, he he got the start right before, and we found out afterwards that's because the team doctor punctured the lung of Tyrod Taylor. And so, unfortunately for Tyrod Taylor, he couldn't play, and he probably won't be able to play this week either because he has a punctured lung. Uh, And even worse news for him is that Justin Herbert put on his show 300 yards through the air, had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, and he just he looked phenomenal. I mean, Justin Herbert looked like the guy. And what's even more impressive is because it was up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and so you know the Chiefs obviously with Mahomes, they were able to to get it done in the end. Um, the defenses, it, we saw this all last year. And we're going to see it this year. The defense is only going to be able to contain Mahomes in the offense for so long before he just takes over the game. And he was able to do that. You know, the first half he played like absolute crap. The second half, though, he started to look more like Mahomes, made some amazing throws that won the Tyreek Hill, that amazing run on third and 20. And so, um, it. I mean, it wasn't the best game he's ever played. But at the end of the day, this is how championship teams win. They they get the job done and they get the win no matter what. So, I think this will be It's kind of like a refiner's fire for them. They were able to get that bad game out of the way, pick up the win on the road against a divisional opponent, and that was good for them. Um, and instilled so much faith in Butker. I mean, they're, he's going to be able to kick a 58 or 60-yarder um, on the field in good conditions now. And, and the Chiefs know it. He knows it. And so I think that's huge confidence building for their kicker. And so that's amazing. Uh, honestly, so uh, the coach for the Chargers came out and said that Tyro Taylor is still going to be their guy when he's back and that was before we all figured it out about the whole puncture lung thing and so some people were like that's so dumb and people were like oh well now that you we know that it wasn't any you know it wasn't Tyrod taylor's fault that he he missed the game i can see why he's still saying that and he should still be the starter i'm thinking hell no i mean i understand that Tyrod taylor like to, to no fault of his own was injured and that's just a freak accident or whatever with the doc but you're gonna tell me that Tyrod Taylor barely put up 200 yards, no touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Herbert, with like five seconds notice, became the starter, put up 300 yards and two touchdowns, and almost beat the Super Bowl champs. And you're going to tell me you still want to go with Tyrod Taylor? Like, I get that the situation sucks, and it's not Taylor's fault, but this is football, baby. You're in the business to win. Justin Herbert, from the looks of it, is the best chance this team has to win. And I, I joke that, you know, the Tyra Taylor is going to lose his job again to getting injured. And I joke that Justin Herbert's agent paid the doc to, to do that, which is, isn't true at all. But, I mean, Tyra Taylor kind of, he gets the short the stick because he got injured and he got injured. And, in, in, you know, he got replaced in Buffalo for Josh Allen. He went to the Browns, was not playing well with the Browns at all, got injured. bigger Mayfield came in and took that team over and won games. And then now he moves over to the Chargers. And then he ends up getting hurt, and then Justin Herbert's probably going to take his job again. Because if Justin Herbert comes out next week and just puts on another show, uh, another 300-yard, two-touchdown games, I don't see how, even if he's healthy and it wasn't his fault, you put Tyrod Taylor back in the game. And if he does and they're losing, I don't see how you, you leave him in there and you don't put Herbert in. Because, unfortunately, football is a business, and it's in the business of winning. And I honestly, if I was a coach, I'd put Justin Herbert in. I got nothing to lose. Obviously, they didn't have faith in Tyrod Taylor to be a long-term starter. Because that's why they drafted Justin Herbert. And so, Justin Herbert just went out and showed you what he can do. He's more than capable of winning this team and winning. And that, that's what they should do. Um, Justin Herbert should be the the QB1 for the Los Angeles Chargers. And if they don't, they put Tyler Taylor in it. They're going to lose more games than they would win if Justin Herbert was in I'm calling it right now. But, moving on to the Ravens and the Texans. I mean, honestly, did anybody think that this was going to go any other way than it did? My biggest takeaway, honestly, was the fact that the Ravens had fantastic turnovers. Um, they weren't necessarily rushing the ball very well, uh, but Deshaun Watson and, and the Texans turned the ball over at some very costly turnovers, and the Ravens were able to capitalize on it. And so, I mean, this was this was a gimme for the Ravens, and it sucks for the Texans to open up their season against the Chiefs and the Ravens, and then they have to play the Steelers next week, who are hot as well. So, very unforgiving schedule for them. Um, but this was easily a Ravens win. Uh, And I mean the Ravens did what they were supposed to. They steamrolled the Texans, and the Texans, you know, were barely put up sixteen points. So the Texans have their work cut out for them. And the Ravens were able to to get away with an easy one here and move on to next week against the Chiefs. Um, That might be one of the best games we see all season. So I'm super excited for it. Uh, The Patriots and Seahawks game. This was a fantastic game. You have this kind of rivalry between the Seahawks and the Patriots. So rivalries make the games even more. But my biggest take. Well, I have two takeaways. One. Russell Wilson through week two is a clear-cut MVP. I mean, he is just dominating. Another five touchdowns. He has got nine touchdowns on this on the season, and he was making those corners look like freshmen. I mean, look like rookie rookie cornerbacks. He owns Stephon Gilmore. DK Metcalf against Stephon Gilmore. You think, oh, year two wide receiver against defensive player of the year? Nah, they torched him, and I loved it. Uh, Seahawks are playing phenomenal football. Russell Wilson is playing phenomenal football. Jamal Adams has been a huge addition to that defense. He's playing phenomenal football. Uh, so that's one takeaway. But I think the biggest takeaway is, okay, Cam Newton is, this is the best I've ever seen Cam Newton play. I know it's only week two, but he threw for 397 yards, almost 400 yards, and 179 of them went to Julian Edelman. So last year was all about how, oh, Tom Brady doesn't have weapons, blah, 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 Julian Edelman, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's because of Cam Newton or what's going on, but like they're like both kind of like reviving each other's career because Julian Edelman sucked last year. He led the league in drops, and now he's in the top five receiving out of the whole league in just two games. So that's, that's crazy, especially because Cam Newton is supposed to be this run guy. You know, his problems with his shoulder and his arm, not very accurate and stuff. But Cam Newton is playing, is playing phenomenal football, and he almost wins it at the end. Um, I didn't necessarily like that, that goal line call. Um, to end the game, obviously it was very predictable. I know that they have done it before, and they did it, but I would have liked a little bit more—not necessarily trickery, but to go something else, um, because everybody in the whole world knew that there was going to be a quarterback keeper with with um, with Newton. Um, but you know, they they went with it. They went with their bread and butter, and Seahawks stopped it. So give the Seahawks credit. Um, but the Patriots aren't. I mean, they're playing a lot better than I thought that they were going to be. I was, I wasn't really too crazy about it after their Week One win against the Dolphins, but playing as well as they did against the Patriots, um, they have impressed me, and I think that this definitely is a team. I had picked them to win the division even before the season started, but this honestly like shows me, hey, these guys definitely can win the division and make some noise in the AFC. So um, don't count the Patriots out just yet at all. But the Seahawks are rolling, and the Seahawks are on fire. Uh the biggest surprise I thought of the week was Monday night football when the Raiders just ruled the Saints. And uh to give credit where credit is due, Derek Carr played a very very good game. Three touchdown passes and really owned the Saints. I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan, but he played a really hell of a game, so good job for him. Um the Saints just kind of—they were doing well in the first half, and then after Drew Brees threw that, you know, second quarter interception, um, it just kind of felt they went downhill from there. And I think that it was more the the Saints not playing very well than the Raiders playing exceptionally well. And the Saints, you know, historically always drop within the drop a game between week one and two, and they go on the rest of the season. So and another big thing too is they were missing Michael Thomas, so. Um, Their star player, you know, offensive player of the year, Jibreese, number one guy. They were missing him, and the other people didn't step up. Right, Emmanuel Sanders didn't step up. A lot of these other guys didn't really step up. I thought this was going to be an easy win for the Saints, even without the, even without Michael Thomas. But I was proven wrong. The Raiders played a heck of a game. Were able to win their primetime opener at their stadium, so that's cool for them in Las Vegas. Um, But I think this was more referendum on the Saints' play than it was on the Raiders' play. And the Raiders, you know, are going to have, they have a tough schedule um, coming up. The Raiders do these next couple of games against actual, uh, I don't want to say the Saints are actual. They, they they earned that win against the Saints, but now they're going to have the Patriots, the Bills, and the Chiefs for the next three games. So all of these next three teams, with the, with the Saints included, are playoff teams. And so they're going to be able to, uh, they're going to be tested. And so we'll see how they fare against the Patriots, Bills, and the Chiefs. Um, and even the Bucks after that. We'll see what the Bucks look like. So uh, I think they might be the most overrated 2 0 team right now so far. Um, but they did earn that win against the Saints, so I got to give credit where credit is due. Um, but that is the recap. We'll go ahead and give the standings of week two. And so in the AFC East, Buffalo Bills are at number one. Uh, they are. with the New England Patriots sitting at 1-1 and the Miami Dolphins and New York Jets at 0-2. AFC North is tied with the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers at 2-0. Cleveland Browns are right behind at 1-1 and the Bengals are at 0-2. AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are in first place at 2-0. Jacksonville and Indianapolis are at 1-1 and the Houston Texans are at 0-2. In the AFC West there's a tie for first with the Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders at 2-0. The Chargers are at 1-1, one and, one, and the Denver Broncos are at 0-2. Oh in the NFC East, Washington and Cowboys are tied for first place at 1-1, one and, one, and the Giants and Eagles are at 0-2. Oh the NFC North, the Packers and Bears are tied at 2-0, oh, the Lions and Vikings 0-2. Oh in the NFC South, Saints and Bucks are tied in first place, both at 1-1, one and, one, and the Falcons and Panthers are at 0-2. Oh and two. In the NFC West, the most competitive division of football. There is a three-way tie for first place. The Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks both own 2-0 records, and the San Francisco 49ers are right behind at a record of 1-1. And that is how the NFL standings are shaking up after week two. Let's go ahead and get on with our fun football fact. Okay, so did you know that Sammy Ball who played for the Washington Redskins, he once led the NFL in passing, punting, and defensive interceptions in the same season. He was a quarterback, he was a defensive player, and he was a punter. All in the same season. That is crazy. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys, to this NFL Week 2 recap, and we'll see you next time here on All Things Football.